Are you holding your microphone? What are yes, you, Bob Barker? I'm gonna hold my mic. Oh, oh my god. god, this is great. I have wanted to be doing this the whole time. This is way. This makes way more sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad way more I, comfortable. I'm, I'm glad I set up a fucking mic stand. <laughs> Sorry, Mary has been instructed that if my new iPhone comes, that she's to interrupt us and bring it in here, and we'll do a live unboxing. Oh, really? Yes. What, which which model did you get? Ten R. Ten R. Dang, yes. man. Ten, uh, ten, ten. And then we can ask Mary her opinions on Deadpool too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that. I hope we do. Yeah. <laughs> that Ryan Reynolds has a Are great you, caboose. Any, any ideas? Let's get started. Right. Let's weekly geek out. Chum chum chum. Now it's good to be a geek. The podcast. Go, 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 go podcast. Hi, everybody. Hi, hey, bud. bud. Yeah. Hey, guys, I'm back. We have a full house, like a fuller than usual house on this week of the Weekly Geek Out podcast episode six. Uh, I'm Webmeister Bud. I'm the host of Bud's Weekly Geek Out, which is a teeny tiny little feature. I host with Dylan and Jason of the Morning Zone Wednesdays at 720 on the zone at 91.3, and to my broadcast left, I have Brian. Hi, Brian, DJ Boy Tano. I am frequently heard on the afternoon zone. Uh, it was established last week that I do like the Fast and the Furious franchise. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> hey, Paul I don't, yelled at me. I don't hate it either. Oh, there you go. Paul's going to yell at you for this podcast now, <laughs> Art. Um, and uh, yeah, you can hear me doing the mixtape every weekday at 5 o'clock in the zone. Paul Plastino. Paul Plastino, co-host, Afternoon Zone, Zone 91.3. Website, Paul Plastino does adventures at hotmail.gm. Do not do any of that website stuff (laughs) that Paul just talked about. Also, wouldn't Boss Man Johnny get on you about billboarding? That's all billboarding. What? I've never heard the term billboarding oh, before. Oh, yeah, right? Really? What's it? Oh, it's, it's how you start. It's like, Paul Pastino, afternoon zone. If you, if you oh. say incomplete sentences, that's called billboarding. Oh, that's what a professional broadcaster does. No, it's never that's come up That's what a professional broadcaster shouldn't do. That's what? Been... But they do that. That sounds slick. I don't do it. We don't do talk like that on the no, zone. No, because we're real normal people. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But real broadcasters do it. I wouldn't call them real broadcasters. I mean, we just jaded, overdone broadcasters. Mm-hmm. Right, okay. Right, that's word economy, though. I'll tell you anyway, that. Anyway, are you done? <laughs> uh, PJ Party Podcast also. Oh Thanks for having me. Again, I feel honored to be here. I don't think I'm going to be invited back. Because Art's back. I, I am back. Hi, Art Aronson. Go. Yeah, news reporter on the zone and uh, on the queue. I also uh, have a podcast, Between the Stammers. Check it out. Wherever you get your podcasts, it's awesome. Smash that like button. Smash that subscribe button. (laughs) Smash. PJ Party. Also, smash that. I'm going to turn Paul down already. Okay, so (laughs) let us start this week's podcast by talking about, uh, recapping what I talked about on Bud's Weekly Geek Out with Dylan and Jason, which is that the Google Home, that uh, your sweet little uh, AI tube friend that sits in your home and listens to you all day, uh, will now play ambient music and sound effects when you read select Disney Little Golden Books. Uh, with an earshot of where it can hear you. First, hands up. Does anybody does, has anybody had or read or know of what a Disney Little Golden Book is? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Grew no. up with them. Love and them. And Art is shaking his head. No okay, idea. great. So <clears throat> these were these were little tiny hardcover books, and they had like gold foiling along the spine, and they're they're kids' books basically. But there was a whole series of them throughout childhoods from I'm sure the '60s onwards. I had them as a kid, and apparently uh, these guys did, and apparently mm-hmm. you didn't. But yeah, they're just they're just storybooks. And if you say, hey, insert the name of 
you know, the keyword, the invocation that you're supposed to do. I'm not going to do it here. Um, let's read along with Disney. And then you start reading one of these books. Then your Google Home will play background music and associated sound effects based on where you are in the book and what you're reading. Specifically to the, like if you're like, hey, let's, I'm going to read Peter and the Wolf now. Does it go like that? Yes. Yeah. These these Disney. Yeah. Sheldon's oh, not no, Sheldon, not Sheldon in here. No, sorry. No, nope. I thought your iPhone was here. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that the thing. We told, we told, sweet Mary. We told our sub receptionist Mary to 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 page you or bust in here yes. if your new if Paul's new iPhone arrived, and she's hovering outside the door, and we're like, oh, we're gonna get a live unboxing of the podcast. This is so exciting. No, she's looking Wait, for Sheldon. Just looking for Sheldon. Like, yeah. Also, that Ryan Reynolds has a very cute caboose. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, so it's specific to the book. I love that idea so yeah, much. Yeah, there's, there's like a list. I've got them on the zone.fm slash geekout. You can read the specific. There's like 10 or so books that it supports right now, and I'm sure it will only expand into the future. But uh, great idea and a neat thing to further immerse your littles into reading, which is never a bad thing. Can I tell you, I do this uh, myself. When I'm reading a book, I often will uh, go for... Uh, like some ambient music, like some nice without lyrics, you know, like it's classical or it's jazz or whatever. I like doing that a lot. But because I uh, what? read, yeah, absolutely, I do. So because, like you, you put you put something on, like you turn on, yeah, like around in the house, or something. Right, you're in my headphones. Yeah, I'll put on some like. <laughs> Some music without I just, lyrics. I just had a picture of you like reading, kind of like say if you're reading an action story, yes, and you'll start to get to like the big action. You'll start to go to yourself. Of course I do. Of course, no. But what I do this where it works best is while I was reading Game of Thrones, I was reading it on my my iPad, and then I had on my Apple Music playing in my headphones was the Game of Thrones soundtrack. Well done. Well done. I did that as an adult, so it's. It really enhances the experience, I feel. Art nice. shaking his head like I'm a I feel nerd. like that's good in theory, but it's kind of psychopathic. <laughs> <laughs> in what way, Art? <laughs> Who does that, though? Of all the words. I've never heard of that ever before. Putting music on while you're reading? Anybody? No? Okay, so do you put any sort of music on while you're working? No. Do you do? Do you have any sort of background music for what you're doing in general life? Well, this is bad because I'm not a huge music guy, as we all know. Okay, yeah, so basically here. you're out of the discussion. That's fine. You, okay, you just, just no, no, for art. No, it's no, no art. just kidding. Actually he only works at a music, music. station, yeah. though. I'm just saying. <laughs> as the news guy, I've just though, never heard that before. I've yeah. never heard that before. Background music while you're, like, reading something? Like... I'm just going to speak for myself. I need background music for all sorts of things. Anything that I do that is that it, that involves like I do a lot of computer geekery, and so I need some kind of background music. Mm-hmm. And usually, it has to be lyricless. It has to be ambient or mm-hmm. yeah. uh, or instrumental. Um, it just keeps. It just helps keep a good workflow going. It uh, cuts out any background noise or anything that might be distracting, and it really gets me focused into the sorry, the zone, um, as I'm doing things. And it's very helpful for me. Um, I've never done it while reading, but that makes perfect sense. Um, I think it just depends on the type of person you are and the type of work you need to do and probably the type of distractions you've had in your life prior to this. All right. Yeah, I can see myself kind of Get using it as a way to not get distracted. As long as there's no lyrics in the song, of course. Yeah. But it's just as a way to get to not get distracted, drown out everything else. You know, to to actually, as long as I don't really know. See, the thing is, for me, if I know what's kind of coming next in the song, what sort of notes and riffs and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Then it's distracting me because I'm just singing along. You just get into the song, it. Right? Yeah, into that's it. why lyrics are no good for me. They just compete. Working yeah. out, great. You know, cleaning, whatever, gardening, but. 
reading. I don't I don't get that. Art, do you like movies, Art? I enjoy movies, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that sometimes there is a noise happening that's not the characters in the movies talking? It's like it's like uh pleasant. Yes. Yes, there's like music, there's like the one this wonderful music that is being written and recorded. It's the only place where classical music still exists is it's because it's the soundscape of movies. That You're, enhances the movie. Paul's one Brian of those guys now, who reads and then has to go back and read again because he wasn't paying attention. No! <laughs> Shots fired! Right? What? No, that's not true like at all. He's just also, read an entire chapter. I have no idea what happened. He's also one of those guys. Track. He's also one of those guys that if you go to a movie and you sit next to him, he's in the movie going, dun 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 And you have to be like, Paul, shut up. I love... This is a drama. Movie soundtrack. It's a really sad scene. Music is the soundtrack to your life, Art. Look it up. So back to your Peter and the Wolf example. Sure. Great idea, Disney, because that's it. The the music that's been written for these wonderful little stories, the three little pigs and everything like, that's like so lovely. And I think that's a really nice idea that Disney is doing. Yeah, you're putting two powerhouses like Google and Disney together, and hopefully I see this doing nothing but expanding. It would be great to... To, to have this go again and again and again with like a larger library of books. I love that Mary is now fifth co-host on the show. I know. <laughs> just bust in again on the page this time. Every time. I every time she... we record. I put yeah. the phone on do not disturb and yet every time somehow Mary's page is about the lunch lady. I think um, she's made more cameos in this podcast than you have, Paul. <laughs> no, I would guarantee it. Yeah. I think that's absolutely right. At least once a pod. Okay, you guys. This is great. Um, we... <laughs> I, I, and here I said that we should talk before we hit record about uh, what in each of these four sections we're going to talk about, and we didn't do that. So let's, uh, let's live talk about what we want to talk about. Uh, do we want to cover TV, music, movies, or gaming? Let's start with TV, because okay. uh, I think the... Oh, yeah. You know what? we sh- we got to talk Walking Dead. Insert Walking Dead music here. Sorry. This shall forevermore be Brian or Paul's theme song. That's great. So it happened. Andrew Lincoln, Rick Grimes, is no longer on The Walking Dead. Wait, should we do like spoiler or something? Yes, we absolutely should. We need to make like a piece of imaging that's like wah, wah, spoilers or something like that. That's like a really an good alarm call. System. Can we get Mary yeah. to do it? Mary? Oh my oh god! Oh my god! That is brilliant, <laughs> dude. dude. Yeah. Yes, dude. Yes. Hello, everyone. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I love all of you people so very much at this moment. Oh, man, that is so good. Yes, spoilers. Um, I I always put, we always tend to swear our heads off in here for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, So I always put an explicit tag in the title of the podcast. I should probably add spoilers to it. Mm -hmm. Now that I've said that, Andrew Lincoln, the the star, some would say, uh, Rick Grimes uh, from The Walking Dead, is gone from the series, but... Plot twist, it didn't happen in the way that we thought it would happen. Sure, he was impaled by rebar in in between uh, groups of walkers, but no, he somehow managed to blow up a bridge and get flown away in a helicopter and is off to make three feature-length movies with AMC. <laughs> cool. <laughs> what a twist. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I was watching that on Sunday. And when the bridge blew up, and he went out in the most heroic of fashions, just yeah. like how Rick Grimes should. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, cool. 
They did it in such a badass way. They closed off his story. Great. And then about five minutes later, you <laughs> cut to another scene, and somebody finds him just down the river, and a helicopter just magically kind of pulls up, and uh, he gets whisked away in a helicopter, uh, and they're going to save his life. And uh, I don't know, I because I, I, I want to be a little upset about it because it just it was kind of marketed in a way where it felt like oh they're you know they're they're going to start to streamline and taper down the show. Mm-hmm. I thought that's the direction they were going into cuz I even thought like with the, the Fear the Walking Dead and sort of focusing Fear the Walking Dead back down to a singular group and making it that sort of smaller not huge universe like that 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 they did to um this show um I thought okay well maybe they're going to cap off the the Walking Dead continue on with Fear the Walking Dead with smaller stories, and then that'll be that. Wow. No, this is like they pulled the wool over people's eyes, and they're, they're starting their own cinematic universe, so to speak. Mm. T-W-D-C-U. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work. Um, would you call it disappointing? I don't know yet, because uh, part of me is disappointed, because I, I really liked that death scene. You know, I really liked the way he went out, and I thought, that's a great way to cap off a character. But, you know, at the same time, I'm probably still going to, because this is a, it's going to be a Rick Grimes trilogy that they're making. Yeah. And it's going to be about him doing something somewhere far away from Virginia where they are right now. So he's going to be the hero of his own story. Part of me also thinks like I, I'll be curious to see how they write it because you know as a fan of Rick, Rick Grimes' character, that's not just his character to be like. So if he wakes up in a hospital miles and miles away, his mission, his singular mission, is going to be to get back to the people he's devoted to. Yeah, the moment he's oh, better, right. signal. Because that's right. what happened. You know, he woke up in a hospital at the very beginning of the uh, series, and his whole mission for that uh, that episode for the first couple of episodes, was to find his family. I've uh, said before that I abandoned The Walking Dead, Mm -hmm. but let me say this. uh, When I read the article you sent out, Bud, about a bridge explosion, and this is the way that Rick goes out, and now we're going to you know, handcraft three movies just for this character, it piqued my interest again. Because really what was waning on me, or or weighing on me with Walking Dead was, was like, this is just going on forever and ever. This is classic bloated American television where we don't have a uh, a linear story to tell. We're just going to keep milking this concept forever until it becomes unprofitable. When you put this great character into a movie, and movies, you know, like by definition, you get three laid out. They have a a, a strong narrative, a beginning, middle, and end. That brings me back in. That's now I know what my time commitment is, and uh, I'll spend that time with that character in this uh, trilogy of movies. So that's, I, that's actually, a, like, piqued my interest. I'm, I'm back in. No, that's a really good way to put it. You know your time commitment yeah. with these. Mm-hmm. It's basically max, generally max six hours yeah. is that you have to spend to, to find out what happens with this character. Rather than, like, I'm sitting through an episode every single week or I'm binging ten hours in a row to get through a season or is it more than that? It's like 20 hours in a, in a season? Yeah, whatever a lot it is. Oh, sure. When yeah. so much of it I know is going to be a bunch of chatter and bullshit. And I'll say the other thing, too, is uh, maybe it's lazy writing, or maybe it's a great foreshadowing, but I think it's probably lazy writing. <laughs> Throw a helicopter in your pilot, everybody, because then, in a pinch, when you need a helicopter... You can draw back. It's a, it's a drawback. It's a, we put it there to begin with. It was from the start. There we was meant that to do that. Mysterious helicopter. Of course it was going to play into the show in a really important way. No, no, no. You just got a helicopter in your back pocket whenever you need it. That's not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. This doesn't surprise me at all. Andrew Lincoln, Rick Grimes. I... I 
I abandoned as like Paul. I abandoned The Walking Dead after like the second season. Oh, okay, and I'm okay. like, I'm like a Walking Dead hater. <laughs> oh my! Yeah, I, like Whoa. I just, I just welcome could, back to the podcast, yeah, Art. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I just was not into it at all. But I understand. I like this character. Mm-hmm. He was like, we called him. I called him the Beast. I have my own nicknames for characters that are on TV shows. Rip right, the Beast. Cries. This guy was was the Beast, and he's the meal ticket. This doesn't surprise me that they want to milk his character for more, right? Uh, does it cheapen the series? I would think so, but again, I haven't been watching, so I can't really stay to that. Who's the star of the show now, then, if Rick has gone off the flagship Walking Dead? We'll this, brings out, us, this brings us yeah. to the, an, an, another interesting point. Well, because until you sent that last article uh, to us during in, in our prep... I thought the star of the show was going to be Lauren Cohen, right? Oh, Maggie. Maggie. Oh, I love a female. She's great, so much. by the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's also off the show. What happened? Did she die? No. 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 Well, so her character story had pretty much wrapped up because her story, her character story arc for the big, I think since the beginning of last season, uh, all the way up until this last episode, was to get back at Negan's character. So, Joe, I, can we do a quick recap? Yeah. For um, sure. So. At the end of the whole Negan saga, um, did this happen in the comics as well? I'm making a motion with my hands. I think it's slashing. Okay, I think yeah. I know exactly. So yeah, yeah. Rick slashes Negan's throat. Uh, oh. in, in, the, in the TV series, they, they have this little face-off. There's a moment of distraction from, from, uh, from Negan, and Rick takes a piece of glass and slashes his throat right open and then says, save him, and has their, their resident medic patch him up and they throw him into a jail cell, and Maggie is pissed. And we're talking like seasons long pissed at this, at not actually killing him, because of course Negan pummeled and killed uh, Glenn, uh, Maggie's husband, to absolute death um, at near, you know damn near the beginning of his appearance in the TV show. So that's what Brian was saying is like her her arc has been to get back at Negan. Yeah, and her arc was pretty much closed off in this uh, last episode because she goes to the community where Negan was being held, manages to confront Negan, and is telling him to get on his knees and she's going to execute him, and sees what kind of a broken man he is now, having spent this, all this this time in jail. So she decides, no, I'm not going to kill you because this, this is actually a worse fate and, and I'm going to keep you alive because of that. So her character arc, this, this whole thing of being a vengeful wife that wants to get back uh, at the guy that killed her husband has been capped off. And um, I guess because of the actress now being cast in a different show, yeah. um, she's gone for the rest of this season and could be gone for the rest, like for the duration of the show. Uh, they're actually kind of waiting to see what happens with the show that she's on right now to see if if that's a success. And then they'll maybe bring her back for season nine. I hope it is because she's a success because she's fantastic. Oh, she's mm-hmm. a badass. She's Love her. Such a such a good actress. Um, Look, excuse me. Is there going to be any zombies on the zombie show? Hello, is this a soap <laughs> opera you're describing to me here? Is this some Young and the Restless storyline that's going on? Or, Here's hello? Uh, like I also dropped out of The Walking Dead about midway through the about three quarters of the way through the, the first Negan season. I just found it a bit too much and was still a bit traumatized by the very first episode with the the yeah, those those two deaths. Uh, Abraham and, and Glenn and and yeah, so I just I just fizzled on it, um, and so when this happened, when this whole Andrew Lincoln thing happened, I was just like, I have no no investment. I and I dove right in and I read all the spoilers, and in amongst that, I'm like, oh okay, so this has happened, this has happened, and this has happened. Yeah, me too. And in this past week, by virtue of like the first episode, middle episode, and and last episode, 
you know, roughly of the seasons, I've caught myself up. And I'm back oh, in I'm back it? in the show. Yeah. 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 So you skipped all the boring talk episodes. Pretty much. Pretty and much. and uh, yeah. more important for my fragile little heart, the like the deaths. Um, you know, like Carl and, and the tiger. Um, you know, I've I missed all that. Um, so I'm now back and 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 have have seen all of this, and now I'm looking forward to next week to see what happens. Um, so it is be, possible. Be so yes, it, it yeah, it is. You just have to skip a lot. <laughs> the show is uh, bogged down by how many episodes? You know, it's mm-hmm. like we talked about it before. How it would work better this concept, an ongoing zombie series. It would work better as an anthology series with different characters every season, maybe. Um, but fewer episodes as well. You're talking about her story arc again. This is like a really wide, open ended, flailing story arc that again is is a product of this type of TV show. Where it's like we gotta crank out as many episodes as possible for as long as we possibly can with a freaking huge cast yeah. like ensemble to the max so like difficult to keep track of at times yes. you know and it would be good to go to that format too kind of like how uh, how hbo does with game of thrones right like game of thrones doesn't have a lot of episodes per season mm-hmm. but the episodes have content absolutely you know? they have yes. a lot of content they can be hour and a half long episodes and you'd still be you know, you'd still kind of be on edge during the entire thing. Yeah, because stuff actually happens. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Well, and Game of Thrones has a huge cast, but that doesn't really stop them from being able to, you know, have this world that they can tell a story in for about an hour, an hour and a half. It's just more focused storytelling, I think. And the first the, season is only, what, six episodes? Yeah. That's a tight, exactly. awesome season. Yeah. So if they do that, I think they could even, you know, because the plan is to, you know, in terms of creating their own cinematic universe, they're going to start with this Rick Grimes trilogy. And they were talking about actually doing uh, uh, Walking Dead style universe stories that take place in the UK and that take place. And they could do like anthology type movies that don't necessarily focus on the same character, but are all in that same universe as The Walking Dead. I think that's how you, you know, it's like if you're looking at. Um, longevity of this franchise and that's really what they ought to be looking at you know it's like how do you get the hype back up and you've got to do stuff like that you've got to stop thinking kind of old school TV let's blast out as many commercials as we can in as many episodes and make this budget stretch and stretch and stretch to so many episodes it really comes down to you're losing viewers. Like, I'm sorry, you're not the powerhouse you were after season one or even season three when it was like a, it was the highest rated show on AMC or whatever. You know, you people are comparing you to Game of Thrones, which has done so much better in that way and going to abandon you like Art and I have. So do something that's going to get the hype up. And I think that's a great idea. Just one thing I wanted to say about uh, Lauren Cohen. Do you guys ever watch Supernatural, the show Supernatural? No. Anyway, it has a cult following. Excellent show. The first five seasons of that show is like top five for me on TV. Nice. And I'll still say that. Wow. And she was on that show and she was fantastic. So was Jeffrey Dean Morgan, wasn't Oh, yeah. What? And they yeah, had it. He cool. was in the first season. He was, oh. They also awesome. had an episode that actually paid homage to Jeffrey Dean Morgan because they started the episode bringing in a weapon, which was a bat covered in barbed wire no. that had like blood on it. And it's like, I remember Dad used to love this. No! Right? And they, they, and they set it down funny. on the table. Yeah. So good. That's so good. Did Lauren Cohen get to use her proper accent on Supernatural? Yes, she okay, did. Good. It's hot as hell. I love her voice. Yeah, yeah. it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, in interviews, is the only place we hear, only place we hear it. Yeah. So, so Andrew Lincoln. Yeah. yeah. 
So if you if you guys haven't seen Supernatural, it's on Netflix. The first five seasons is so good. It's on to like 13 seasons, which Whoa. is ridiculous. I stopped watching after like the seventh season. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Why are we still watching this? But it's it's so popular. That's why it's been on it's been on TV for like 13 seasons. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's incredible, right? I've seen trailers for it. It does look fantastic. Good reco. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I jump in. Yeah. Sorry to drag on Walking Dead for 20 more minutes, but um, did we say who the new protagonist is going to be? The new lead? No, we, we don't. We Lauren we Cohen. Know. She's gone. But who who are we guessing? Is it Daryl now still? Uh, my guess is going to be maybe Michonne. She was, as Rick was sort of dealing with other things in the beginning of the season, she took over as the leader of the Alexandria community. Uh-huh. So I think... Um, they're probably going to focus a little bit more on her. She was also like, she and Rick were an item. Um, oh. Yeah. So oh, yeah, yeah. She's taking care of Judith. She, and Yeah. Just... So she was like the first lady of Alexandria, of, of the community that Rick led. It is at times very domestic, and then she whips out a sword and chops somebody's head in half. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in the other in-between moments, she's hanging out there with Judith, Judith as she's painting something it's yeah. in, and in laughing and it's very normal and adorable. That's great because she is one of the most interesting characters on that show, mm-hmm. if not the most, from yeah. the time that she showed up. From the moment she showed up with two freaking walkers on chains and the, and the double katanas, like an amazing premiere. I, when I first watched that, I'm like, what right? is happening? I think that's the one reason you need to watch season three, actually, because she only shows up in shadows at the end of season two, right? right. You stop watching it. Yeah. yeah. So. From the moment she mimishoned up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that a ding? I would say that's a ding. All right. I want to I wanna throw this uh, to Art immediately because I don't want this to go by the wayside. Um, tell us all about Breaking Bad, please. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. So the big story this week was that and Brian Cranston, who plays Walter White, obviously. This is spoiler alert, by the way, a little bit. If you oh, now you seen, do. It. I think we've when you were talking alert. about it on the queue in the news. <laughs> yeah, I got a little bit of flack for that. Yeah, the show's been over for five years. That's a fair point. There's yeah. got to be a statute of limitations somewhere. For Hands that. up, who has seen Breaking Bad? Yes, every episode. All of it? No, sorry. Okay, so oh, Art, Art is the only one with his hands up again. Oh, I feel bad. I haven't Okay, well, I'll just, I'll give into the, I won't get into the nuts and bolts of it. I'll just uh, summary-wise here. So it was announced this week, well, there was a report out, and then Brian Cranston came on TV, or on TV radio yesterday and pretty much was like, yes, this is a real thing that's happening, that the Breaking Bad creator, who is also the creator of Better Call Saul, which is on TV right now, a spinoff from Breaking Bad, which, by the way, is just as good as Breaking Bad. Yeah, I said it. Uh, <laughs> they're going to make a movie. Vince Gilligan, who's the creator, is going to make a movie based off of characters on Breaking Bad. So that's like, it's that's this is really big news. news. Yeah, yeah, it's really big news. And he was asked, Brian Cranston was asked, would he be interested in being a part of this? And he said, absolutely. Vince Gilligan is a genius, and I do agree. I think Vince Gilligan is a genius. So, uh, yeah, that's huge, guys. I'll have to admit my ignorance that this week when I heard this story was the first time that I realized that Vince Gilligan was attached to this. I had only ever known his name from the X-Files. That's but right. But I loved yeah. everything he touched on yeah. the X-Files. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm like, that's so I'm kind of head smacking myself like... Had I known, I might have actually jumped into Breaking Bad, um, but I just it was just like one of many bazillions of things. And this guy, Vince Gilligan, like I heard an interview with Brian Cranston about Breaking Bad. This was well after it happened, but he was talking about how Vince Gilligan would like 
obsess over all the tiniest details. We're talking like the color of Skylar's lipstick. He's like the shade of color. And I'm just like listening to him like talk about how he's directing Breaking Bad. I'm like, this guy is, and it is, the subtleness of Breaking Bad is what's the best about that show. So uh, will it work for a big screen movie? I don't know, probably because Vince Gilligan is amazing and whatever he touches is gold, in my opinion. I think what's interesting about this is that to hear the, uh, the, the general reaction about this news is all excitement, where sometimes it's going to be like, we're going to make a movie out of this five-year-old television show, and people are like, oh, why are you doing that cash grab kind of thing? But the excitement on this one seems palpable. And I, really? I think Better Call Saul, which is a spinoff of, from Breaking Bad, the fact that it has worked, how it has worked, how it's its own entity and how yes there are you know callbacks to breaking bad and it's for you know some fan service there but it works as its own thing and i think people see that and they're like wow this guy you know he really does know what he's doing do we, do we see some naysayers in the Paul section? Yeah, here? I'm gonna I'm gonna say nay here. Um, yeah, man, maybe I need to watch some uh, Better Call Saul and see like how he's done that because I haven't uh, watched hardly any of that at all. But um, it does feel cash grabby. It does feel milk and the cow to death, especially if it's going to be like Breaking Bad and Walter White centric. Walter White, his I, entire I, I, arc is I, I, perfectly... Spoiler. No, spoiler. No, perfect. no, no, no. I'm not going to spoil it, but his entire arc is perfectly closed Heisenberg. throughout the course of Breaking Bad. Expertly closed. One of the greatest arcs of all time. Perfect. Well, nobody so said... You can't drag the Cran Man back in here. If you want... <laughs> but nobody Cran said he Man. was coming back. He well, just said he would be interested so, in it. I agree. Vince Gilligan is great, and for all the reasons you're saying, so give him whatever he wants. But if the pressure is there, or the excitement, or the expectation that it's going to be a Breaking Bad thing, and if Cranston (laughs) wants to be involved again, milking the cow to death. Stop that. That's enough. If it's breaking, you know, I get it. If it's more in that universe, if it's like set at the same time as Breaking Bad, so it's an offshoot thing, and Cranston comes in there as Walter White and has one scene or a cameo. Uh, like an aspect or a facet of this story that we didn't quite see. Okay, maybe, I guess, and maybe that's what's going on with Better Call Saul, but stop going back to the Walter White well to constantly drink. That's no good. If you want them what to work together again... constantly back? They haven't <laughs> gone back. This would be the only time they went back. He's absolutely right on this, Paul. Uh, it feels constant no. to me. Uh. All he's done is like Breaking Bad and now a spinoff. A better call, Saul. Yeah. That's going back to the well. That feels no, it's not. Okay, That's because you have a different character. It. Okay, but uh, <laughs> all the characters are there. I just explained how Fring it was in, his own entity. Isn't isn't Gus Fring in Better Call Saul? I don't want to spoil anything. Yes. Oh boy. Okay, and uh, Ermin Trout and all the guys are in the Better Call Saul. So yes, he is still kicking the same. Well, can. he's creating a world, right? It's like uh, a world has been created in you know Albuquerque, New Mexico, and that's what I thought was so great about Breaking Bad is like you feel you could feel that world. And I think you can there are stories left to be told there. Right. And I think that Vince Gilligan will know which stories are pertinent. Okay, know? okay. You're all right. I wanna trust I wanna trust Gilligan for sure. Is oversaturation a problem? 
maybe, but there are far worse things going on out there. I'm just saying, imagine if we went to Chris Nolan and we're like, hey, these three Batman movies are pretty good. Can you just do Batman for the rest of your whole life? And he'd be like, well, no, I'd like to make Inception. And I, so you look at uh, uh, the guy that I had in Batman is going to be in it, but I'd like to make a different movie now. And you would be like, no, 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 Batman, more Batmans, please. No, 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 World War II movie. No, you just do Bane again, right? Why? Let these creative people do other things and flex their muscles in more broad ways. But he's the one that's like going after this. So if if that's the case, then why not? If that's the case, hack, I call him hack. I apologize, Vince Gilligan. You're a genius. (laughs) Office, you know, he can't carry your coffee. Because Vince Gilligan is the one listener of our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here. I'd hit him with my hat. Going to have to put, you know, the explicit warning and then the spoiler warning and then the Paul yelling warning off the top of this. I did all that without spoiling anything about Breaking Me too. So did I. So did I. Okay, Paul. Paul, that's enough. Thank you. Good. That's fine. Jeez. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. Ding. Uh, we have a new photo of Brie Larson in her Captain Marvel costume doing something fairly interesting. Did y'all have a chance to look at the photo? What is she doing? She's so standing there. In the photo, yeah, she's standing there. Did you look behind her? No. So in this photo, I believe it's a square crop photo, you see her sort of standing, you got a bit of a side profile on her, and what she's doing is she's standing in front of a phone booth, because of course this movie's set in the 90s, Right. your old school phone book, and you see a whole bunch of wires. So funny enough, hearkening back to... Some things I talked about a little bit before um, is phone freaking, and it's freaking is spelled P-H-R-E-A-K, whatever. Um, so phone freaking was a thing, and it's where people would get into the telephone lines and hack them for one reason or another. Usually it was to make free calls, sometimes it was to play pranks or whatnot, but phone freaking was a thing, and possibly one of the big beginnings, uh, the mainstream beginnings of hacker culture. And it sure looks like Brie Larson is doing some phone freaking in this photo. Okay, because we were talking about this in the last pod. You know, another thing that we were talking about in the last pod that uh, I saw, I, I found I found this photo, um, the, the Brie Larson photo. Everybody's kind of hovering around my laptop. <laughs> so in this photo, a guy on Reddit zoomed in on the actual phone, and there's like, into the phone, there's like a 1-800 number. Oh my God, yes! So, okay, so remember we were talking yes. about like how- <laughs> Please tell me they've how, done a thing. Well, okay, okay. And, but okay, okay, this okay, is the okay. funny part of it, yeah. is that uh, the 1-800 number is actually a number that was used in an ABC family show called The Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. So- You're kidding me. <laughs> Yeah, so it was like for this family show, and I guess that number was was used in this uh, movie version of this show, The Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. Which and they knew the public would call. The public would call it, and all it really had was an uh, answering me- machine message from ABC saying, thank you for calling, this number was used on a movie for, for this, and yada, yada, yada. So that number now is no longer used for that movie. They disconnected that because the movie had already been out for a long time. They disconnected the the, the number, but they didn't realize that the number has been picked up by another line, was it, which is a sex phone line. Oh, a phone awesome. sex line. Okay. Awesome. Double missed opportunity here then. Yeah. I mean, bully on this sex chat line, that's great, That's su- but that sucks for Marvel, yeah. <laughs> because this picture is out there, and, and like everything else on the internet being scrutinized to the very end, 
And as we were talking about a pot or two ago, yeah, like these are the little advantages that you need to take in your marketing to to further draw people into the story. Make that number work. Make it, you know, Captain Marvel centric. And people go, oh, that is so cool. I discovered a thing. And it's a sex chat line. That really yeah. sucks. Uh, Unless there's a scene in the movie where it's she just calls like, she sex calls, yeah, she yeah. calls that number and it's like a, a phone sex line or whatever. I, th- I think you're so. all forgetting how important sex lines were before the internet gave us free and unlimited pornography. Okay. So maybe it ties into the plot. Sure. <laughs> maybe a sex line ties well, into maybe the plot. Could be, right? That that was on purpose. Or maybe it's to generate buzz, too, right? That uh, you call this number and it's. <laughs> it, that's, that's a funny story. Generate buzz. Oh, uh, that's sorry. awful. Everything else in the photo is era accurate. You know, you got the rock the vote rock thing. And a freaking, like, it's a payphone to yes, start. Yes. So, you know, it's just. That kind of makes me sad that Marvel didn't pick up on that detail and exploit that because everything else, you know, has been recreated perfectly, faithfully. Or mm-hmm. did they, though, bud? Did they? Well, because, like, so, and that's the thing, too. The connection here is that ABC family was the one that had that number for the sweet life of Zack and Cody. ABC is owned by Disney. Yeah. And Marvel's owned by Disney. Mm-hmm. So maybe there was this this thing. Maybe the guy called the number and he picked up into this Easter egg before the movie was even released. So Maybe, but if it's a legitimate sex line, no, that's that's not the right way to do it. You're saying it's unfathomable that a Disney movie would have a sex line be on purpose anywhere near their uh, property? What I'm saying is it's unfathomable if it's like an actual proper business of a sex chat phone line. Um, If it's it's something that Disney has created... That's a, such a weird sentence. If Disney has actually created a pretend phone sex line yeah. for the purposes of this movie, grand. That's that's wonderful. But it doesn't sound like it. It sounds like it's a, an actual phone sex line. All right. So let's let's just these are our options then. I know. I that thought was really of Disney weird. doing that. Like the voice. Of yeah. What exec mouse. signed off on that? Uh, these are our options. That this was a mistake. This was an absolute mistake that they just randomly threw numbers up where they thought, like, I'll use the old Zack and Cody line. What happened to it? No one knows. Okay, whatever. Just whatever. Yeah, that seems impossible to me. Okay, then this, the other option, the only other plausible option, then, if you're saying it's unfathomable that they on purpose did this, was that some jaded intern was like, I'm getting fired, so fuck this. I'm going to put a sex line number in this big movie. Those are our options. Stranger things have happened. That makes a lot of sense. All right, you decide which one of those two. Would we... And feel free to edit this out. <laughs> Would we get in trouble if we called this line right Call it! Oh Bud, call them! Use the phone! It's built right in! Call Use it! Use the phone. I, I, Use the how, phone. Do we, how do I bring the phone up? Okay, here we go. Oh, this is okay. great. Uh, 1-800-654-2192. Go to the pod. We're all getting fired. Welcome to America's Hottest Talk Line. <laughs> Guys, hot ladies are waiting to talk to you. Press 1 now. Ladies, to talk to interesting and exciting guys free, press 2 to connect free now. Well, we're guys, all guys. press 1 now. Hit 1, bud. Ladies, That's fa- press 2 now. Hit 1 to see where it takes us. I'm glad they don't discriminate here. This is good. Well, agreed. In 2018, that's no, important. Yeah. What if I was not binary? That is discriminatory. Yeah, that's true, actually, yeah. But at the very least, you know, I mean, phone sex lines are outdated in you know to begin with. So at the very least, they've got, you know, there's something for the ladies, as it so were. So did you sure. hang up or did you press one? I just I hit one. So it's not leading anywhere. Oh. Oh, you maybe dropped the, the phone. phone sex line hung up on us? I, all so, I did was hit one. 
Oh, weird. Oh, man. Maybe it's, see, maybe it is. So maybe there you go. Maybe, maybe it, is. it is. And you again, know, phone lines popular in the nineties. You know, not call since. me weird. I could have sworn I heard that lady's voice on Toy Story. Oh, just stop it. Just stop it. That's enough. For the love of Pinky Um, okay, honestly, with what just happened there and the the disconnection, I would love to invest some imagination in this that yeah, it's part of the plot because again you cannot leave yeah. a 10 digit yeah. number in a in a promo that can't, photo that, that you're releasing could not have been by accident no, this exactly. has been a deep pod investigation <laughs> do you know what do you know what though too they never said sex line they were just like that's right hottest it's, chat it's, line it's pretty pg what they just said right it's the hottest chat line yeah you know young or what would what even say there we'll play it back but it was like your cool gals are waiting to chat yeah it wasn't it was it was kind of that would have been Set up by Disney, that's what they would have said. Yeah. But I no, I no, I agree. Yeah. I am getting firmly convinced, okay. and I love it. If this is legit, like this is this is again what I hope for. And these yes. little details do these things, draw your audience in. I mean, we got skunked, but I mean, if months down the road, when um, on March eighth, twenty nineteen, when Captain Marvel comes out, if there's a tie-in with this, I will be hella impressed. Yeah. I'm calling it now. There will be. It'll be a plot point. A sex chat line will be a plot point in Captain Marvel. Fantastic. Super freaking cool. Mm-hmm. Super freaking cool. Um, let's uh, segue a little bit. Uh, I know that date. The Captain Marvel is coming out on March tw- uh, March eighth, twenty nineteen, because uh, an, of an article where an Avengers four countdown clock has shown up. On, uh, on Marvel's website, and it is counting down the days to May 3rd, 2019. And we also know that uh, Spider-Man Far From Home is coming out July 5th, 2019. So we have all these dates, and I believe there's a Spider-Man clock, and yeah, so now there's an Avengers clock, and people, because people, just going back to it every day, seeing if anything's changed, seeing if there's any new information. Um, but I think that's cool that they're doing that. Oh, and we talked about this in your last podcast that you're here, and we t- we talked about it a couple podcasts ago with you in terms of the trailer, whether or not a trailer is going to be released. It apparently will be released yeah. by the end of this month. Yeah, I think oh, it was month. It was like I heard, last I heard it was the end of this year. That's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah, I was yeah. I think it was Kevin Feige that came out and said that yeah. at some sort of Comic Con. Yeah, and I'll tell you the la- the the last Avengers trailers were just just magnificent, like works of beauty. Like True. to me, it it made other trailers that came out for Marvel just inconsequential, you know? Mm -hmm. I just, like... And that's kind of my problem a little bit with, you know, Captain Marvel, some of these other movies. Like, just give me the Avengers, man. That's Mm -hmm. all I want right Mm -hmm. now. Really? Yeah. You know? (laughs) Good response, Paul. I don't know. I'm excited about... I don't want to poo-poo Captain Marvel. Obviously, he's a huge character and everything like that. I like Captain Marvel. I I agree with you to the point that, like, when that Shazam trailer came out, I was like, I was finding it hard to get aroused by that when I'm so firmly entrenched in what's going on with Marvel. And the Avengers, uh, their hype spilled over into... Uh, Captain Marvel for me. That's that's why I was stoked about that. Is again okay. because they well, set that it up as so well, well. For yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. I just. I mean, those trailers were so good. Yeah. For the last Avengers movies, I just. Uh, I of course I can't wait. No, we don't even know the name of Avengers four yet, right? No. Nope. That's going to be the big reveal, obviously, in that yeah, trailer. Definitely. Right? 
as a bit of a background, uh, Captain Marvel is also the name of the superhero from the Shazam franchise. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, oh, and that's yeah, confusing. So this has actually caused yeah a lot of confusion. Uh, so Captain Marvel was, a sh- I believe it was a show from the 70s. I'm not sure. It must have been a comic before that. Yeah. Um, it was a television show from the 70s. This, this kid, Billy Batson, uh, he discovered this power and he would say Shazam, which, by the way, was an acronym for Solomon Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, Mercury. Uh, and then he would turn <laughs> into this grown man called Captain Marvel. Marvel and go and save the day and then fast forward to 2017 or 2018 and they made a, a comedy movie uh, called Shazam based on this this same concept mm-hmm. um, but again the name of the hero is Captain Marvel completely disassociated with Captain Marvel the girl Brie Larson coming from the uh, coming into uh, theaters March 8th 2019 as part of the uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So which was first then, Marvel's Captain Marvel or DC's Captain Marvel? Like in the world or in these recent movies? No, in the, no, in the comics. Oh, good or like question. Which, yeah, who yeah, had that name which first? One, yeah, that's a great question. I don't know. Brian's going to look that up. Yeah. Are they- I, I, I seem to remember hearing that um, DC did it as a big FU to Marvel comics, but I could have been dreaming that. Oh, calling their character Captain Marvel. You know yeah. what, though, in their to early days, sixties and seventies, they were there was was feuding something fierce yeah. between those companies, and that wouldn't surprise me one bit. The history of uh, those two comic companies fighting each other is very fascinating. If you ever can uh, look that up, there's a podcast called Business Wars. Yes, yeah, that's where I heard about it. Yeah, and yeah. they they have sagas. It's like Coke and Pepsi yeah. and and Marvel and DC, and they go into deep background about the history of these companies and yeah. their fights and whatnot and quite engaging um it's a lot of speculative conversation but you really get the idea based on the facts of what happened and timelines and in the marvel and dc uh, you know instance you know thefts between the company and, yeah. and all the the dirty dealings that happened you got there. the fans check out like just the you know the comments the comment section on any marvel versus dc thing oh it's, yeah it's a war zone man. yes yeah i i find i just uh it looks like i just love watching it looks like dc <laughs> got it first yeah uh wow. the first so the first captain marvel comics printed by marvel by like uh, was created by stan lee yeah uh was 1967 and dc uh, according to this wikipedia article that i'm reading uh, created by the character in 1939. Whoa! <laughs> wow. Interesting. Yeah, whoa. Okay, then. Yeah. Huh. You know, and again, it wouldn't surprise me. They, they were doing some fairly petty things, both sides, you know, in their in their warring days. So, uh, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if, mm-hmm. uh, if Marvel stole that. I mean, it also is the name of their company, so they, they could say, wow. Yeah. But, um, okay. That's interesting. That's interesting. I, and I think probably what's going to happen here with these two movies is coming out, you know, to further the uh, long uh, animosity history between these two companies is the Marvel Captain Marvel is going to crush and the uh, DC Captain Marvel is going to be like kind of a a fun comedy, I'm sure, but it's not going to do that well at the box office. There's no way. Can't see it. Nope. Right? So just will be continue to do uh, on this a trend of Marvel destroying and uh, DC being destroyed. Yep. And I think mm-hmm. DC set themselves up for that. Yeah. Ding! Ding. Can I give my review of Daredevil? Do it! Daredevil was easily, and last time, I think it was the second episode on this pod, we were talking about uh, Daredevil Season uh, 3 coming out. And I went through Daredevil Season 3, saw the whole thing. And this I is a non-spoiler review first, Yeah, right? this is yeah. non-spoiler review. 
This was my least favorite of the Daredevil. <gasps> oh boy! Yeah, it got great critics. The critics love this, so, uh, and I don't, I don't know about the fans. I think it got like middling reviews by the fans, but uh, it's. I love some of the themes, some dark, gritty themes in there. I like where they were going with it. I just thought the execution fell a little bit short because I, it was a little bit too long. There was a few <laughs> too many episodes. <laughs> yeah, said. yeah, there was a few too many episodes, and I. Uh, it didn't quite reach like the first two seasons were so good and they were perfect from like i thought every episode flowed great into every episode this one felt like okay let's like let's wait for another episode Mm -hmm. in the next episode to finish off this storyline so uh it's my least favorite of the daredevil seasons still better than all those other ones although we've already talked about this how much longer is this series, series going to continue right on Netflix, right? Well, because I look at the article that Bud had sent us, they had basically lost over 50%. Uh, Daredevil itself yeah. has lost over 50% of its viewers uh, in that kind of like that first week run. Which I is th- incredible. Like, that's a huge drop. I think it's sort of starting to fizzle out because of their track record over the last couple of seasons. Like I thought Punisher was fantastic. I still think it's probably one of the best, but even from then, you know, Punisher followed the, you know, the defenders and that followed iron fist. And there was already interest that was starting to wane. I didn't think Luke Cage was honestly as strong as well. It's just how long can you sustain this kind of amazingness, this Mm -hmm. cinematic, you know, cinematic uh, scale story on the small screen. Mm-hmm. And I think it goes back to to a little bit of what, what Paul was saying like during our discussion with The Walking Dead is that they get into these formulas where they're like, okay, Daredevil season three, let's make it 13 episodes and let's write around that. Yeah. Whereas like that stretches, that tends to stretch. Why couldn't they make it? There's an episode in this series that like it goes back in time on one of the characters. The Karen episode. Karen. And it's, yeah, it's the worst episode I think I've ever watched. And that's, and that was the thing in that Daredevil. I, because when we were talking about it, I was at that one and when it started, I was like, why the hell are we here? Yeah. I really don't care. It feels like they're stretching. It stops the flow of the season going forward. And I hate Karen Page, by the way. She's my least favorite character on the <laughs> show. Oh, shots fired. I okay. want her to create, to meet, like, uh, just a terrible end. Whoa. Seriously. Wow. She's just, oh, she's so annoying. And then she's like a reporter journalist, but she doesn't do anything that reporters oh, and <laughs> do. Okay, we got oh. a personal <laughs> front here. That's why. It drives me nuts, guys. I hope she meets a very unfortunate end. Wow. <laughs> Damn, Mark. Claws four. out. Jeez. Netflix, uh, they green light literally everything these days. And they are generally, from what I've heard from people you know, it's like who uh, work with Netflix, are so great. They do what you should do with creative people. You give them the budget, and then you walk away. Mm-hmm. Do whatever you need to do. Craft this thing. Make it good, and we'll just display it for you. That's, you know, it's like they don't, you don't get notes from Netflix executives, you know, the, the kind of notes that have made uh, a cable TV dramas in, in general horrific and terrible and unwatchable. <laughs> so that's why Netflix has that strength, right? And HBO has kind of done that for their entire thing as well but yeah i think to say like uh even that last thing of saying like all right 13 episodes there's your season you know that puts the pressure on still these creators to be like we're gonna fill up 13 episodes well i wonder if got like 10 episodes worth of shit to write right exactly though but that's the thing is like i wonder if that that onus then shifts to the creators if they're like here's this amount of money for 13 episodes Mm -hmm. if you're going back to them and saying well I've written a story that's about 10. You're saying, you're essentially saying, here's some money back. 
I don't need this. No, I would still get the same amount of money. I know. should, anyways. You know what? If if I was the creator, I would I would pitch back to the company that instead of like forcing thirteen episodes out of it, let mm. me just give you an amazing 10 episodes Yes, because as the viewers, we find that when these series are stretched like that, they drag, they, it's a slog to get through. But that's the thing is that's creativity versus business is if, if I hire like, okay, well you're going to give me, uh, you're going to give me $800 to DJ for five hours, but I can give you three solid hours of music. Yeah. Same amount I'm of money. I'm still going to stretch two hours and just put a bunch of filler songs uh, in here so I get okay. the full, full budget. But isn't this also, you. haven't we also <laughs> discovered a problem with binging here, though, also? Because it's like, it seems like it's more carried through because you're just watching them back to back to back. Mm-hmm. But if you're watching them like maybe one a week or something like that, maybe it doesn't quite seem like such a slog fest. Mm, I don't know about that. Yeah, it's, uh, hard, it could be a problem with it, pitching. Here, and it's right? hard to yeah. know what your channels want. You know, do they want to keep you hanging on for longer just for the sake of it, or do they? Because there's the risk there that you would just drop off because you're losing interest. See, you know? thing is, though, with the Daredevil out. thing, I and if we were watching it week to week, and I was on week whatever five or six, and I get to that Karen Page episode, yeah. I would be stewing for about a week being so mad at that episode. Yeah. yeah. It's like that's I was waiting a week for that and it gave me that. But you'd be excited about the next episode because you're moving the story along, but now when you're watching it in this binging thing, you're like do I it feels know, like homework. It sometimes. feels like it feels like you're just oh let's go to the next episode. What streaming has shown us and the Netflix revolution is that quality is king. Mm-hmm. So that's it, right? Like, this is not about um, how much did I get. It's how good was it that I got. Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, you know, it used to be we got to sell more commercials. We got to keep you hanging on to sell you more commercials. And more episodes mean we make more money, more commercials. Netflix doesn't have that problem. You're, they're based on subscription. So the only thing they should be worried about is alienating or losing subscribers. Well, if the quality is no good, if you're saying you, the Daredevil was boring... If we're saying on our prep sheet that 50% of viewers dropped off and didn't watch Daredevil anymore, if now I've got Hulu knocking on my door saying, hey, we got something better over here, mm-hmm. and i got to choose between one of them, you know, if the, 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 if the Daredevil season was six incredible, good quality episodes, I'm going to stick with Netflix. But because it was, what was it, 13, 14, whatever it is, 15, 20 episodes <laughs> of mostly trash Right or six good quality episodes worth of material spread out over thirteen or twenty episodes of trash. Now I'm thinking about dropping that Netflix subscription, and that's what they really should think about. Quality is over everything. True, but we've also seen that people will, if you have something good, people will continue to watch it even if it's bad. Yeah, that's true. People are you stupid. Know? You know, it, it, like it, it's shown, like Supernatural. I was just talking about that show. How it's like thirteen seasons long. People. Love the characters, so they'll continue to watch it. So Transformers, that's why, right? Is another example. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, in in a setting like Netflix, though, maybe it doesn't quite work as well because you're binging. But when you're, you know, watching one episode a week, you can, you know, interest will continue to stay there because they're just waiting for the next week. Look how big our pile of garbage is, everyone! Like that? I tend to agree with Paul on this one. I would like, <laughs> I would like. Um, Better, less better, less stuff and better stuff. That's know? obviously what yeah. we all want. I'm just saying this, that would be a perfect world. But, but human nature seems to still be eating up the <laughs> the grossly extended, you know, slog of a 
13 episode fest. Golly, it is a big pile of garbage. Here's my $8 a month forever. <laughs> anyway, back to the Marvel Netflix. Uh, yeah, give me the Punisher. Give me Matt Murdock. Thing is, I don't think we're That's getting it. any of those anymore on I know. Netflix. Those guys are great. Everything else around them is just meh. Give me those two guys. Ding. No Karen Page. Oh, Jesus. Here we go. <laughs> You know who's not going anywhere anytime soon is Deadpool. Um, we got some interesting news. Uh, <laughs> Deadpool 2 is being re-released as a PG-13 movie. Um, it's going to be called uh, Once Upon a Deadpool, coming back to theaters around Christmas yeah. time. Yeah. Um, kind of brilliant. And not only this, but anybody saw the, see The Princess Bride? We're all yeah. fans of Princess Bride? Yeah. yeah. So we have that scene with Peter Falk reading to his grandson, uh, Fred Savage. These are the actors' names. Yeah. And Fred Savage is sitting in bed and he's being read read the story of the Princess Bride. Classic. Fred Savage, as a grown-up, has come back to that bed and that set, and Deadpool is playing the role of Peter Falk reading the Deadpool 2 story to a grown-up Fred Savage in the bed. <laughs> I love this concept yeah. so much. Yeah, that's huge. So far, to me, Deadpool can do no wrong because, because it has gone so far past the ridiculousness of just breaking the fourth wall and acknowledging all this and taking itself completely like negative seriously. Yeah. I love everything about Deadpool and for amusement's sake, would would rewatch the second movie to see how they how they cut it down to a PG thirteen rating. I, I agree. I think uh this could be criticized so hard of been like, come on, Deadpool is an R property. That's what they got right about it from the first place. That's why these movies are good. That's why the fans embrace it. PG-13, what a cash grab. But no, to do it this creatively, to re-edit the entire movie, which you would have to do, because yep. it's such a hard R, um, in this creative way, this is such a cool way with Fred Savage in the bed, unreal. The, the, this is the only property, I think, in this day and age, that that could work with. Yeah. You try and do this with anybody else, and they're just going to be like, oh, no, there's anybody. But Deadpool is already like, F all you guys and your yeah. rules on everything. It, it takes the movie with the most swear words to find a creative way <laughs> to uh, get over the even the cable uh, reshowing, right? Where they would they would say like "flip you melon farmer" rather than the actual swear words. Right, exactly. Yeah, right? I love that's, those. That's my favorite example is "flip you melon farmer." But um, uh, yeah, so instead of that shitty, or maybe they will do it just to make fun of it. I think they would. I think it would almost yeah be kind you. of a. Be a bit in that uh, in the PG thirteen version. How they redub the, uh, yeah. the cuss words. See, and I would that love to see that. Like yeah, when you too. watch a movie on an airplane or something, and yeah, you've got these crazy, you know, funk you type of mm -hmm. yeah. bad overdubs of cusses. Yeah. I find that highly entertaining. Like so, it's being shown in the twelve days leading up to Christmas, December twelfth until Christmas Eve. So Interesting. Twelve days of Christmas. Yeah. And one dollar from each ticket uh, is going to. <laughs> it's a charity called. F cancer, but it's obviously it's the full word. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Even in an explicit podcast, Pod Reviews is I'm not, I know. No, I'm not, no, I'm not going to do it. And here's what they've done. For the purposes of this movie and this charity, they've renamed it to Fudge Cancer. That's oh, that's so great. Funny. Isn't that so cool? So that's what they're doing then. Absolutely. That's awesome. And that's why it's going to be a, a worthwhile rewatch. And I'm sure 
some new things that you will pick up on and just and like thank you Deadpool for existing. Well, it'll be funny because like so Deadpool is the only comic book movie really that I haven't been able to take my kid to. Because <laughs> yeah. like now, uh, so my kid is a huge Marvel fan. I take him to the Avengers. I went to see Civil War twice because I wanted to see the first night. One, because I just wanted to go twice. <laughs> two, I wanted to go the first night just to make sure I know of any scenes that totally, be, you know, pretty jarring for That's him. That's responsible and then parenting. I went on the Saturday with him. That's responsible and watched parenting. Watched it with him. Yep. yep. Um, and it took him to the you know Infinity War and all that kind of stuff. We all went together. Infinity yep. War. My kid was sitting with us. Great time. Um, but. Obviously, and he knows who Deadpool is. We've got like Marvel video games and Deadpool's in them. Uh, he's a major character in some of them, especially like the Lego ones. But your um, your your kid, your oldest is how old? He's eight. So not going to a Deadpool. Not going to take him to a Deadpool no. movie. No. But this is going to be one of those ones that I might see it twice. I might see it one without him, just to make sure yep. that it's it's okay enough for him. Yeah. And then maybe again, maybe I'll actually take him. Good parenting. No, we'll see. Just say it. You'll see it three times. I know. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> three times. And then I'll take him on the fourth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd like to come as well. Let's, let's, let's all go together. I'm going to see it first, son. Paul, just to make sure it's okay for you. <laughs> yeah, if you could. That'd be yeah. But I honestly, think, I honestly think it is going to be a hilarity fest uh, just especially with all these overdubs and and i'm sure you know uh, who knows maybe there's going to be rainbows coming out of people that are being shot or or you know they maybe their head's going to be chopped off with a whisk or something i don't know yeah, like i am be. dying to see what they do with this because if anybody can do this right crazy over the top it's going to be deadpool mm-hmm. I, I can't wait for this do you want to call it a pod yeah let's call it a pod yeah Jeez, that you'll <laughs> talk about to harry potter next time because i just have one quick thing i want to say I believe that we will talk about Harry Potter on the next weekly Geek Out podcast. Um, I likely won't be invited back to that one because you may have another guest. So I just want to say now that Jude Law finally is my Dumbledore because the last two guys are trash as Dumbledore. I'm going to say this right now. Oh! Both of these guys. Both wow. of them. Both of them. Please tell whoever your guest is next week. Oh. Yes. Don't the speak first guy. of the dead. The first guy. Oh, terrible. He's like, he's like, Harry. Right? It's like he, he was dying. Barely, yeah, he keep his head. Bad casting. And then the second guy was all like, "I'll tell you what, Dumbledore." Neither of these guys are the Dumbledore that I always had in my head. Who, as a J.K. Rowling says herself, is a wandering the castle with a twinkle in his eye, humming like a bee. That's Dumbledore, right? The most powerful wizard of all time. And you know, while so Paul great. was reading that description, he was going, "Dun dun 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 dun." Excellent, excellent callback. Okay, so but you. Jude Law, who's playing him in Crimes of Grindelwalds, he's got the twinkle. I love him. I wish they would go back and retcon the movies where you put in Jude Law just in old man makeup. Paul Plastino, where can people send you hate mail on the internet? Paul at the zone.fm. I'll bring it. Bring it. I'll fight you about Dumbledore all year round. P-O-L at the zone.fm. Anything else, Paul? Um, on uh, all social medias at uh, Paul Plastino. Please come and fight with me there. And I love you. And the PJ Party Podcast. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. We're on a bit of a hiatus right now, but there's uh, like 40 episodes or more. So go and listen to me yelling on that. Art Aronson, welcome back. How can we find you on the internet? Oh, thanks for having me back. It feels so good. Uh at Art Aronson on Twitter and on Instagram and Facebook. That's it, man. Spell that. Spell out Aronson, please. A R T A R O N S O N. 
Spell it Art Aronson. Okay, I should have yeah. said that. Uh, Brian Boitano, where are we going to find you on the internet? You can find me at artloveskarenpage.com. <laughs> uh, oh, wait, no. Uh, <laughs> you can find me at Boitano913. I don't Twitter even think she's that attractive either. Twitter oh, okay. and Art, Instagram. Leave it. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Karen Page and Dumbledore are going to be <laughs> knocking on our... You gave me an outlet. I had yeah. to take it. Uh, so Boitano913, Twitter and Instagram, and DJ Boitano on Facebook, or Brian at thezone.fm. Brian with a... Why? I'm, I'm Webmeister Bud on all the socials, and you can hear me on Bud's Weekly Geek Out weekdays at 7.20 on The Zone at 91.3 with Dylan and Jason in the Morning Zone. <gasps> Thanks, everyone. Bye!